Hello and welcome to Paperfish, the podcast where humanists, freethinkers and atheists share their life stories. The podcast where non-believers from all over the world share the challenges and the risks they face. You can support Babelfish by becoming a patron. Do it on patreon.com or the Danish equivalent tenor.dk. You'll find the links in the episode description. I hope you will enjoy today's episode. Hello, welcome to today's podcast. I'm still in Lisbon uh, talking to you and maybe you can tell me a bit about yourself. Right, so uh, my name is Rodrigo Brito. Uh, I'm 49 years old. I'm a psychological scientist. I'm a social psychologist. Okay. And uh, maybe you can tell from my accent, I grew up in the UK. Yeah, you have a British accent. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so my... Were you born or just born? No, no, I was was born in Lisbon uh, in 69. I was in Angola in 73, 74. And I was in London in 76 to 79. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and then I came back and then later on I did my PhD in Belgium. I've been around Europe, Luxembourg, Germany, Scotland, etc. In my adult life. Yeah. Uh, so my family background, uh, my grandparents on both sides were part of the conservative Catholic bourgeoisie. <clears throat> on my father's side in Porto. Mm. My grandfather was actually um, the president of the Catholic Industrialists Association. Wow. He has a photo with a pope. <laughs> and my, my grandparents in, in Lisbon, mm. within the suburbs near Lisbon, they were also uh, very active in their local church. So okay. conservative Catholics active in the church, supporters of the, of the regime. Uh, even my grandmother was even a member of the parliament. Okay. In, in the During in the, the dictatorship, okay, yeah, uh, which was sort of by invitation almost, and people did it. People got, got people, appointed people instead got of appointed, elected, and it was mostly it wasn't a very big privilege. It was most of, mostly something like a, a civic duty thing mm. uh, because it didn't have a lot of decision-making power anyway. So they were just it was just for show. It was no, it was to sort of smooth the, the, mm. the regulations and the laws out, oh, okay. but, but it was a one-party step. Yeah. And anyway, so, so this generation, they were all uh, conservative Catholics. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, on my grandmother's side at least, with some in-depth knowledge about the, the beliefs and the, and the writings and so forth. Uh, I still have some some writings by Saint Augustine mm-hmm. oh. at home. Yeah, um, it was very much a Francophile culture, so people read a lot of French. We had a lot of stuff in French. Yeah. And so my parents' generation, uh, they sort of moved to the left and moved against the dictatorship, but they remained as a reaction against as a reaction yeah. because it was so oppressive, mm. um, and it had become completely outdated anyway. Yeah. So that was typical in that class. Mm. But at the same time, they remain believers. So they were sort of progressive Catholics. Yeah. Okay. Instead of conservative yeah. Catholics, they were progressive Catholics. And so I remember that my father was pretty much um, a Catholic believer, but not a practitioner. Mm-hmm. Didn't go to church, didn't like the attitudes of the Catholic clergy, thought they were too repressive mm-hmm. on many levels. Yeah. 
uh, my mother was sort of open-minded and liked to dabble in other religious beliefs and, and find out, sort of economical, find out the links between different religions. All the religions, yeah. <laughs> and at the same time, they were pretty much intellectual and, and so pro-science. Mm -hmm. And as a young child, I started to hear a lot about science and evolution and so forth. And curiously, it was at my grandparents' house, the conservative Catholics here, that, that I read a lot of National Geographics. Ah. So I read. Yeah. A, I was interested in evolution and the origins of, mm. of, of species and so forth. And at one point, uh, there were TV shows in the UK mm. on Darwin and evolution. I was in catechism. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but I was thinking about evolution, so I asked questions about how did. Did they square evolution mm. with? Yeah. And they just they couldn't answer. Uh, how at one point you know you had uh, hominids that were didn't have a soul, and then suddenly the gen next generation had a soul. Yeah. How would they explain that, or how would they? Yeah, they couldn't. They couldn't answer, no. and I was I was shifting completely away. This doesn't make any sense, mm. and uh, and I started thinking about the universe, the cosmos, everything, the whole belief structure of Catholicism, so the theological yeah. and philosophical belief structures crumbled yeah. in my eyes. And how old and were you? I was 12. Point? 12, yeah. And by the time I was 14 or 15, I was pretty much a, a convinced atheist. And my parents were sort of okay that, that I left. It, it was up to issue? me. No, okay. it was up to yeah, me that yeah. I, I should think for myself. And mm -hmm. They, they were believers, but they thought for themselves, and I should believe for my, I should think for myself, and so forth. So that was pretty okay. Um, and what about the rest of your family? Well, the rest of well, my grandmother, very curiously, she, because she was quite intellectual, she had done a degree in biology. Oh, yeah. And she was one of the first of her generation, first women yeah, of a generation she must have with a degree been, yeah, in biology. Yeah. And um, and she thought it more interesting that I thought about this and was an unbeliever than the people who were believers without thinking yeah. about it. She she wanted people to be serious about their beliefs. Okay. Uh, she didn't she didn't like that I had some cousins who were married as Catholics and then divorced. I was never married as a Catholic, so it was okay. It was, uh, oh, yeah, okay. She found consistency yeah. and coherence a very important thing. Mm. But this is very, so that was very um, strange, mm. very different from what most people's experience yeah. would be. Uh, the, I remember that in my family, there's, or I, I, I know that still, there's a, there's a big range of political beliefs from mm. left to right, but there are very few atheists. Yeah. Like two or three in, in okay. dozens of yeah. people. Yeah. Uh, so I, people considered me sort of different in my beliefs, mostly as a non-believer, rather than where I stood on the political range. That wasn't a, okay. that wasn't an issue. Oh. Um, so how did that affect? How did that affect family relations? How did that affect relations in general? A lot of what Ricardo was talking about just now has to do with what I call banal religion, the, the banal presence of religion in everyday life, mm. where people who are not believers are sort of assumed to take part in festivities. So we have Easter and Christmas yeah. and whatnot, and and they just people just say, yeah, but they're family holidays, they're family 
feasts and uh, <laughs> so they assume religious feasts as family feasts mm -hmm. they assume religious rituals say in university as sort of university rituals it's sort of the rituals seep into everyday life yeah. even when people are not believing and there, and there are many people that I know who do not believe and yet just accept the rituals in, in everyday life yeah. um, so this is one issue that I've found with religion and it's not like nobody is it is not problematic to be a non-believer it is unproblematic but if I were to say oh, I'm not going to a Christmas party or I'm not going to, people say what? Why? <laughs> Why not? Yeah. What do you have against it or whatever? Mm. Um, I, I, I think even people in Denmark has the same issues because so you, Christmas is big. Yeah. And Easter. Yeah, Easter's Easter is not as big. In uh, the, yeah. Christmas is the biggest, but in, during Easter it's only lunches. Yeah. Where, but we, but yeah. we have this assumption. Yeah. You know, there, yeah. there is a bit of an assumption. Okay. And uh, the chaplains in, I remember seeing the chaplains in the armies. And why do I have a chaplain here? Yeah. I wasn't complaining about it, but I was sort of grumbling. Mm. It didn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, so later on, later on, the problem I most have with uh, in the social environment is actually not with Catholics, but with fuzzy religious thinkers. And the big problem that I find nowadays. Uh, is that not only am I a non-believer, but I'm a scientist. And it's very tricky to make people who don't have a scientific um, education or who are not practicing science to understand the, 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 the fundamental distinction between a scientific outlook and a religious or any other sort of outlook. Yeah. And I've had more trouble with people who I don't know, astrology, Buddhism, all these other sorts of things, yeah. and and uh, and and people who try to make it out as if scientists were the arrogant believers mm. in definite things. Yeah. Um, I have trouble explaining to my students the distinction between scientific thinking and other sorts of thinking, and it's not like they they're against it; they just don't care very much. Okay. And so my my concern right now is mostly about making this distinction, mm. and especially about uh, when you have all this mentality of conspiracy theories, fake news, believing anti-waxers and flat so forth. Yeah. But but also this idea that you can't have that you don't have an objective reality. Yeah. And 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 this is again this is not coming from the Catholics. Catholics have sort of an idea that there is one reality, mm. and part of that is is a supernatural reality, and yeah. it's, it's sort of objective yeah. to them. And as long as I can put them in a place where, okay, mm. you have religious beliefs about things you cannot prove, and it's yeah. okay to have those, and you have you can't have religious beliefs about things that you can prove are wrong. Yeah. So I I, I pick up on the. Um, 17th century philosophers who, who separated religion mm. and, and science, the empiricists, yeah. the realm of religion and the realm of, of, of uh, positive understanding of the world, and and I can deal with many Catholics at this, on this level, mm. um, but they have that's that's my main concern right now. Okay.
and so and I also like, yeah. so I met uh, uh, Ricard in a small political party, mm. and uh, and then we realized thoughts alike yeah. about this, this sort of things, <laughs> and then he asked me if I wanted to join this association. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's I, I I like that. It's it, it has clear cut principles which mm. I fully adhere to. Uh, I don't want to repress religion. I want it to be outside of the. I want to keep it separate. I want mm. people to understand there's science and there's religion. Science, there's objective reality. Yeah. There's state, there's government. Mm. There's the material world in which we live and in which we have to deal with each other. Yeah. And then you're free to think whatever you want yeah. about invisible things. Mm. Yeah. About this invisible reality, you can fantasize whatever, however yeah. much you want. But the government things you cannot not, prove, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the government should not be supporting this and should stay out of it and should mm. let people just be free to fantasize as much as they yeah. want. And and to me that's secularism. Yeah. And I think we we ha we are some ways toward towards that. Um, but but I think there's a lot of, of comfort seeking in, in people who just can't be bothered to get rid of the rituals mm -hmm. even though they're really not believing yeah. that much in, in it's the same i'm a humanist and we 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 offer humanist rituals of, mm. so we offer name giving ceremonies because we think because we think that these um, the rituals and the transition celebrations in the community amongst friends and families are important for some mm -hmm. so we have these name givings weddings Funerals. Name givings. Yeah, name so, and name giving is like a baptism thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, to celebrate the new the new interesting, baby. Interesting. Yeah. We, so we, we register the baby's name mm. in the first twenty four or forty eight hours. Yeah. So we choose that beforehand. And I I made an explicit choice that I wanted to, to give my daughter a, a a Roman origin name. It shouldn't yeah. be Germanic because we were Latin. Mm -hmm. Even though we have a mix of Germanic. Yeah. Anyway. And and it shouldn't be religious. And most names have some religious meaning, yeah, or or, or origin, really. Uh, and um, so they spread out with with religion. So I chose a, a very very specifically Roman name, Julia. Julia. Ju <laughs> Julia, which is from Julian, yeah. the Jens Julia, the family of the, yeah. the Caesars. Yeah. Uh, and I and I try to celebrate all the, the sort of the objective cosmic events like the, the solstices and the equinoxes. Yeah. To make complete. We also have some sort of celebration. Yeah. You can look at the sun and look at your watch and oh, this is happening. This is now. This is yeah. now. So it's not something I made up. Yeah, we celebrate the longest night and the longest day. Yeah. Also, yeah. So that's how I live my. my okay. And I. I so I try to keep my daughter's mind open and, and try to make her uh, to make her available to think about things and to question things for herself. Yeah. Her mother, uh, who's not my companion right now, is a Buddhist. Okay. So she she's in fact an atheist, but who believes in the supernatural. Yeah. <laughs> That's the True. definition of yeah, Buddhist is. to yeah. me. And so she <clears throat> sometimes my daughter. Just chance with her and stuff, which is yeah. basically just getting in a balance with the body. Yeah. It's not it's meditation. Not, it's in, it's yeah. innocuous, uh, but typically I've I know that I've always uh, sought to have companions who are more 
I think it's yeah. With whom I meet, feel more comfortable intellectually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so what? How are involved are you in the organization, the circular organization? Well, uh, any time that that, that uh, uh, there is some possibility of making a comment in a newspaper or, or whatever, then, then we communicate by Twitter and, and, mm. and Facebook and Messenger, and yeah. we we, sh we share the the, the text and. Find out okay. We want to do some revision or yeah. whatever. Uh, I am officially part of the direction, which is mm. doesn't mean a lot because we're not that big we're anyway. That but many, but yeah. it, it is it, it gives one a sense of responsibility that I represent this, mm. uh, which is fine for me because as it's not a, it's not like the political party where I'm also involved in which we debate yeah. policy ideas and sometimes I don't agree with them mm. here it's it's about principles and and it's yeah. pre-established it's mm. it's not a it's not a debate it's just how to uh, how much do we want to invest in in getting involved in this mm. and it's like write letters write yeah. newspaper yeah. whatever it's relatively easy to do mm. um, yeah because you have a Goal. We have a goal. Yeah. We have principles. We know what to say. We know what we think. Mm. And as long as people give us space in a newspaper to write something, we will. Yeah. That's. Is it easy to uh, get into the media? He knows more about yeah. that. Than <laughs> yeah. I do. He, he, it's relatively easy if you don't want to get paid. Yeah. Okay. So if you want to, to write a comment in in one of the major newspapers, they're completely open to that. It's very easy. Oh. Okay. But that's that's good, right? Actually, it's so easy that I, I noticed that when my grandmother died, one of my cousins sent the sent the press association, mm. the, the press agency, yeah. um, a little note on her death, and they about five or six newspapers reproduced it almost verbatim. Oh, they, they didn't. They almost didn't change anything. It's like they're so lazy and they mm. need to fill up space. They just. They just grab anything. They just grab yeah. anything you give. Them. Oh, okay, but that's good for you if you can get your opinions heard yeah. everywhere. That's that's nice. It, it is. Good. Yeah. So how um, how do you see the future for secularism here in Portugal? Well, I would guess that there would there will be a sort of drift away from religion. Mm. On the one hand, on the other hand, it, there will be a lot of, of there will be a lot of. Uh, Unclear thinking about uh, mm. science and reality and, and supernatural. Yeah, like to talk about yeah, that it was easier to discuss with religious yeah. people because than they have structured were, beliefs, yeah. and, and so there's there's going to be a lot of unstructured beliefs. And but on the other hand, if they're unstructured, they're not going to be organized in very clear religious ways. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I believe that we can slowly push organized religion out of, out of the state uh, and at the same time we will get a lot of influence of charlatanism in society and uh, say so we have homeopathic uh, treatments in, yeah. in, the, in the national health service that's it's spreading and that's, that's it's, it's the same in Denmark it seems like people are moving away from religion and at the same time they pick up you know there's Dis also people saying thinking. that yes. don't actually some 
are now saying from the alternative medicine world, don't uh, accept chemotherapy if you have cancer because it will kill you. Right. Just, so, you so, so I'm, af- I'm afraid that yeah. we, we may, it's a long-term battle, but we may be winning on a long-term against organized religion. Yeah. And then we may lose against disorganized, uh, fuzzy thinking, and, yeah. and that that concerns me right now. And that's even we are taught science in school, you know. We are actually learning about the principle about science and what can be proven. And I, still, I think that people learn it on a very superficial level and don't really understand the basics of functioning okay. of science. Still, yeah. I I'm still teaching first year. Uh, no, third-year students in psychology about uh, Popperian falsificationism. Okay. And, uh, third, third-year students third at year the university. university yes. Yeah, okay. and, and it's new to them. Yeah. It's all, it's still new to them. Okay. And, it's, it, and they try to wrap their minds around it. Why do we try to prove that something is false? And yeah. How? Because yeah. it's you know it's like it's like uh, you want to you want to catch a murderer. Mm. You, you want to be sure that you catch the murderer, the right person, so you want to try and, and prove that you're wrong. Yeah. If you think somebody's a murderer, try to prove that you're wrong. Try yeah. to find evidence that, you're, that, it, that, sure, that, that person wrong. is not yeah. the murderer. Yeah. Otherwise, you might be convicting the wrong man. Yeah, uh, there's been cases in some countries about yeah, this. So, yeah, so we don't, want to, to, we don't want to think, oh, this is a great idea, let's yeah. try to prove it. Yeah. Because of course you'll prove it if you think it's a great idea. You have, find, and you want to. You, you, you find what you're seeking. You find what you yeah. seek if, if that's what you're seeking. So you have to yeah. try to find that it's wrong. Mm. And then you can be sure of it. Yeah. And with this sort of metaphor, this understand. But So that's my main concern right now. Uh, and in the meantime, yes, I still want to... Secularism is more important to me right now, not so much as a... As a battle against the main mm. uh, church, but as a way to to stop this this spread of different religions trying to compete and mm. trying to uh, find some space in, in public life and, and, yeah. and over, overrunning uh, public life in, mm. in different ways. Say, people think we need spirituality, blah, 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 so I don't want science or... Mm. or, or uh, uh, we don't have the, the Islamic views, but if yeah, we did, yeah. so there are those who would try to impose rules on their own members mm. and rules on their children and so forth yeah. and keep them separate, and that I don't like. No. no, children should be able to choose for themselves, right? <laughs> Give them the options. And 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 take some years to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> while they're learning. While they're learning. Oh, yeah, so. while they're learning. And not make a decision until they're grown up. Yes. Yeah. So I'm concerned as a, as a parent. I'm concerned mm. as a scientist. I'm concerned as a citizen. Mm. I, I want public space where rationality and logic and and uh, understanding things as they are that, that we can prove mm. is has has a privilege over uh, fantasy and charlatanism. Mm. Yeah. Basically. Which is a, which is a right of people for mm. themselves, but it is not a right to impose upon others. Yeah, that's true. Okay, thank okay. you very much. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening. Remember, you can support Babelfish by becoming a patron. 
You can also follow Babelfish on Facebook and on Instagram. You'll find the links in the episode description. Until next time, be a happy human.